0: I appreciate we appreciate you you appreciate the worship and present in the house you give the Lord a clap offering of praise thank you Jesus what a wonderful gift we appreciate them so very much every uh, ministry in the church is touched by at times with stuff that's going on around us and so we're having to juggle and shuffle and do the you know uh, Micah Micah was all excited about Cincinnati winning the football game but I thought he'd be in heaven. Cause the Cincinnati Bengals won the Super Bowl last Thursday, Amen. or no, last Sunday when they beat Pittsburgh Steelers. Now some of you look at me crazy for the Bengals. That was the Super Bowl, okay? So yes, it's all just all awesome, but so wonderful and praise God for His greatness. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. For it forgiveth all my iniquities and healeth all my diseases. Oh, praise God. Bless his holy name. Would you turn with me, once again, to Revelation chapter 2? I'm going to read verses 18 through 29. We're going to follow through. And today I want to share the message at this particular church, a particular word. But I'll be going through the, the entire verses but I'm going to be speaking on bold tenacity. Bold tenacity. You'll find that in a verse of Scripture when Jesus is speaking to the church of Thyatira and something of value there, something we can listen to this morning. But there's a lot to this. And let's just, let's just pray. Father, bless your word. Let your word come alive. Touch me, Lord, let it flow through me into your people. Allow me, God, to be yielding to your Spirit. And Lord, we thank you for what you've already done today, the environment you've created, the worship, how you've touched our hearts in worship. Now, Lord, we want to receive. I pray, Lord, faith be in this room. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 2, verses... 18 through 29 And to the angel of the church of Thyatira write These things says the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass I know your works love service faith and your patience and as for your works the last are more than the first Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. You know, we keep running into this idolatry thing, and why is it that the Big deal. I'm gonna keep reading so you keep it up there on the scriptures. I'm gonna keep reading, but I just gotta pause here for a moment. Sidebar. Why is it this this thing about idolatry and the food? What about, you know, the food? Well, number one, I want you to know food meant something a little bit more than what it does to us today. I mean, Walmart can get a little lacking in the shelves and then we start getting concerned. But in biblical times, people literally starved to death. Uh, they, you know, when they didn't have they couldn't export. It just didn't happen when they lacked. So having food was important. And second of all, God got angry with that because the acknowledgement that people were saying their blessings came from a false God. This angered God, this upset God because God knew that every good thing comes down from the Father of lights. That He provides and blesses us. Amen. Amen. And so I want you to know, don't, don't rely on idols for your survival. Don't worry, don't allow the world mindset and the worldly thinking to be the sustainer of your life. You and I must acknowledge as we're nearing November and we're becoming eventually into that thankful spirit. Some of you already put your, your holiday or your seasonal decorations up and somewhere, somewhere written on a plaque on a board, on something is the word thanks because we're leaning going into harvest and harvest has happened in the celebration of God's goodness. Let me tell you, there ain't nothing that's been good that the devil has ever provided or that the world will ever do uh, you any good that's going to sustain you. But your God, He will. So let's acknowledge Him. Let's always acknowledge Him who provides. He who keeps maintaining us and keeping us. Amen. And in these changing times where there's going to be and has been in employment shuffle, let me tell you, it's good to look for good things and better things. That's okay, that's good, okay? But don't you forget who is the sustainer of your life. And don't you forget your God. For God is the one that provides opportunity. And he'll give opportunity to his children. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. And all you look pretty full this morning. Looks like you got full yesterday too and the day before and the day before. And I got to shout amen for myself. But you know what I'm talking about. We serve a good God. now let me get back in revelation I just thought I hit down that adultery thing about food because it's not in the rest of my notes okay here we go I gave her time to repent verse 21 in her sexual of her sexual immorality and she did not repent indeed I will cast her into a sick bed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds I will kill her children with death, and all the churches know that I am he who searches. I am he who searches the minds and the hearts. He's even doing it right now, even in this service. And I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now to you I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do have, who do not have this doctrine, who do not have this doctrine with Jezebel, who have, n- who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden. Verse 25, put a star in. But hold fast what you have till I come. Hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works will the end will, uh, I'm sorry. He who overcomes and keeps my works until the end to him, I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron and shall dash to pieces like the potter's vessels. As I also have received my, from my father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Another verse of Scripture I want to throw out to you is First Peter 4 and 17. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? In the letters that were sent, the longest letter... Written by Jesus to John for John to write among the seven churches, and in and was that are found in chapter two and chapter three of Revelations. That it was necessary to correct and maybe possibly correct, corrupt all of the churches that are needing God to move. We're looking into these seven churches in the Revelation chapters two and three chapter one we saw John the Apostle exiled the Isle of Patmos in which he turned around to see Jesus in his unveiled resplendent glory with a message to seven distinct churches in the region of Asia Minor. These were seven literal churches who needed to heed the words of Jesus that were brought to them but these words also applied to every church in history and to the greater body of Christ at large. We've already heard Jesus speak to the churches of Ephesus, Smyrna, and Pergamos. Now we hear him speak to the church of Thyatira. There's a few things about Thyatira that may bring an understanding, a more understanding to this letter that are very important. First of all, it was the headquarters of many ancient guilds, the potters, the tanners, weavers. Rovemakers, dyers' guilds were all there in Thyatira. It was actually the center for the dyeing industry. Now, I mean dyeing with dyes. But do you remember in Scripture Lydia, the seller of purple in Philippi? She became Paul's first convert in Europe. In Acts 16 and 14, tells that Lydia was from Thyatira. So that's where her business of the dying and the guilds were. So here were these industrious people who, had, who, who were craftsmen, who were skilled industry of people, these guilds of all these different workings of pottery and, and also tanners and, and weavers and robe makers. They were all you know, hard workers that had their businesses. Maybe it was the city of small businesses. Maybe that was it. the city of small businesses and business owners Apollo the sun god was the prime was primarily worshipped there. It sounds pretty significant, but actually, it was the smallest, most unimportant city that Jesus spoke to in Asia Minor. It was a small city, even one of the church elders kind of dismissed them, was, kind of gave an insulting phrase when he wrote. He said, Thyatira and other unimportant cities. It's just that, that small town. Kind of maybe it was like Gallup Police that, you know, we want to call ourselves a city, but we're not a city anymore. But we still call ourselves a city. We lost our status because of population. Now... What are we now? We're a uh, township, or not a township? What we're called a village? How exciting the, the village of Galilee Do you know how you know insignificant that sounds? I'm sorry, I, I still call it a city. You know, just that maybe for pride's sake. But it seems like this most insignificant church of all the seven churches. That it's, It seems like they were, but Jesus had the most to say to them. He actually gave them the longest letter. It's interesting, the smallest town, smallest city, got the longest letter. How does he address them? We look what the, he said here. He describes himself. John writes it down, and then Jesus describes himself. These things says the Son of God whose eyes are like a flame of fire and his feet are like fine brass. This probably wasn't an introduction to the letter that the tyrants wanted to hear that kind of first statement. The Son of God, the one who had fiery eyes and the feet of brass, that meant serious business there. It wasn't, you know, hey, this is your buddy Jesus. It wasn't anything like that. It was the Son of God. The one who has fire in his eyes and brass, like feet like brass. Fire in his eyes, it wasn't a fire of lovable passion, but a fire that in his eyes meant he saw everything that was going on. And he was moved to a feeling of concern. And he looked at them, and then the feet like brass, they knew what that meant. It meant that brass was many times considered to be in the refiner fire that brass was considered to be judgment and so they knew that here Jesus is looking at them with fiery eyes and with judgment he's standing with judgment to look at them and to refer to their situation we'd rather let God tell us the good things I know by experience I have preached since I was the age of 17 years old I'm not going to tell you how old I am. It's just been a while. In all the years that I preached, I can tell even more since the past 20 years a difference, a feeling that falls upon people when a preacher gets up and then starts preaching something serious. I don't know if it's necessarily an atmosphere of conviction if it is an atmosphere that we really don't want to hear this. It bothers us. It upsets us. I've, you know, but the thing is, is that it's the word of God. In order to get to the, the you know, in order to get to the soft, gooey center, you've got to eat the crunchy outside. I know it's pretty plain, but that's, that's the way it is. And so God says, I want you to reach the center. I want you to receive the Blessing and the goodness and what you're circling, but you're going to have to face the things that you you have and you what you're dealing with, so that you can be in the right condition and be in the right place. I want you to go now. He starts with commendation for he says he says I know your works, love, service, faith, your patience, and as far as your works, he says the last are even better than the first. So they hadn't according to works. They hadn't got least involved. They got more involved when it came down to works and doing things. So what a great you think when you hear that? Think man, this church has got it going. This church, look at them. They have. He says, "I know your works of love and service. Works. This is the the fellowship worked hard with works that were known for their actions and and their uh, not just their beliefs. See, that's that's the thing here. Work." It is a four-letter word, but works. It's something that you don't want to hear in church. A lot of times we don't want to hear it because we're so afraid we're going to get too legalistic. I'm telling you, I believe we've gone so far on the other side that I don't think a little bit of work preaching is going to make us legalistic around here. It might make us go from left to center. You know what I mean? Some of us need to hear about, what are you doing? What are you doing with what you have? What are you going to present to Jesus when you stand before him? I want to give him something. Just like some of you, you go to somebody's house, and you know what it is. You go and look and shop for a hospitality gift to give to them. Thank you for letting me come to your home, a housewarming gift. I want to present something to Jesus, something that I can tell him, say, yes, Lord, I heard you when you called me yes lord i am going to serve you yes lord you are lord of my life yes lord i'm not an island i know that and you've called me to reach people and to reach other people i want to present other people to him people that i've talked to people that i've taught people hey i'm not even talking about my pastoral commitments i'm talking about my christian commitments where I talk to my neighbor and I go around and I share the gospel with people in the public and share my witness to other people. how many here want to present something to Jesus now i'm not trying to make you get up tight i 'm just trying to wind things so the so the wires in the watch might get a little tighter so that you can keep time that's how they used to do it you know they wind it to make those springs get tighter so your clock will keep. Keeping up with the right time. So That's what I'm, hey, I am winding your clock. Why? Because I want you to be on time. I don't want you to miss it. Maybe, maybe perhaps I'm handing you the scissors so you can trim your lamp to be ready to burn. Maybe I'm handing you an oil can. So you know that the Lord, you need to put oil in your lamp so you're ready to go. Do you do you know what I'm talking about? What is the use? Now, I'm going to be, what is the use? We spend years of church life and not reach the loss that are around us. We become self-centered and about ourselves. Oh, please, somebody pray for me because I've lost my notes. It's somewhere, and it ain't even in there, okay? But you know what I'm talking about. This is real. This is raw and it's real. And God's wanting to do something great through us. You know why? Because this room is filled with spirit-filled Christians. And I don't say that lightly. Because there's a lot of people out there that call themselves Christian, but they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. And some of them don't even know they're Christians. They go to church and not sure if they're saved or not. But you know it. His spirit is bare witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. You know it because you have the power of God that, that flows through you. Where you have a boldness and a strength, a confirmation, the power of the Holy Spirit. This is relationship. It's not religion. Religion will get you bored. Religion will make you go to church once a month. Religion will make you go to church twice a month. But I'm telling you, relationship is to go to your lover's house, and you want to be with them, and be with them, and be with them, and be with them. Now, these are hard words, but these, we're in a crisis. We're in a spiritual lull, God's kingdom is. Because we can't seem to make up our mind. We've been in school for a year and a half of teaching that not necessarily Bible... And then we expect we're going to be strong in the Lord. i tell you, the judgment begins in the house of the Lord. I just read that verse of Scripture to you. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord. So what are we supposed to do? We're not supposed to send vicious messages on Facebook threatening Christians and all this stuff. No, we're supposed to get filled and then therefore be an inspiration that those will follow us. Mom and Dad, you want your Christians, your children to be Christians on fire for God, then be an inspiration of the glory of God. Let them see Jesus in you, and they will begin to hunger and begin to follow after you to the will of God. I believe that's how it works. Hallelujah. So he said, I know your works, your love, they had love. You know, contrast to Ephesus, Ephesus was accused of not having the love, but they had love, faith, their deeds were motivated by the faith in Christ, they had service, the church was heavily involved in ministry, in serving others, patience, they were patient endurance, they steadfastness, and even doing more, they weren't, they started off and then then they just kept on doing more and more and more. And you would think, man, that's a, that's a great church. It's a great church. But here Jesus, you know, he, he, he commended them, but yet he began to get real with them and speak criticism in verse 20 through 23. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow the woman Jezebel calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. There's that eating thing again. You know what that's about. And I gave her time to repent her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill their children with death. Now, children there, literally, it actually is talking about those who are following after her and people that are birthed into her way of thinking. You know, that's, we birth children. We witness the people and lead people. You'll actually birth people, help birth people in the kingdom of God, because you're sharing the gospel. They'll either hear the good news or the bad news, and so we want to give them good news, don't we? I give them good news. Praise God! Lest they repent of their deeds, I'll kill their children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am He who searches the minds and hearts and will give to each one of you according to their works. You know, I thought it was interesting, if you do a search there, minds and hearts, did you know Jewish tradition that the mind was considered to be the heart and that, and that the heart or the passion, the place of, uh, well, the heart there is the understanding, but then actually the place they believed of emotion passion and your emotional place was your kidneys. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? Oh, no, someone said, I, I lost a kidney. I only have half the passion I'm supposed to have. But that's Jewish tradition. In other words, really, it's your, it's your heart and your mind the Lord's talking to them about. Sadly, the church of Thyatira, one may say, you know, the problem with that church, they just had too much love. But I'm going to, I'm going to contradict that, okay? And there's a reason why I'm going to do it. I want to contradict that for a moment. Ephesus was strong in doctrine but lacked love, and Thyatira was strong in love but lacked doctrine. They weren't willing to disagree with anyone who had doctrinal heresies. We just don't want to upset anybody. One person has said, It's common for churches to be polarized in one of these two extremes. Either they will have full heads and empty hearts or full hearts and empty minds. Either polarization is deadly. God demands both love and truth. First Timothy 1.5 says in the Passion Bible, For we reach the goal of fulfilling all the commandments when we love others deeply with a pure heart, a clean conscience, and a sincere faith. Now, I asked my daughter to bring a salt shaker if you were wondering what this was. And I should have known, I probably, I should have brought my salt grinder. That You know, I do the, the grinding thing, you know. My wife likes that. I do it too. By the way, Leah's out of state. That's why she's not here, okay? And somebody asked me today where she was. She's, she's gone to the beach. <laughs> I, she's with a friend that she's been friend for nearly 40 years and actually helped her sister-in-law make the trip and never seen the ocean and fly, and so Leah went with her so she could experience that kind of experience of life. How many here remember seeing the ocean for the first time? Overwhelming. And it's just great. It's something that, that's what I like. I don't like swimming in the ocean. I'll fish because it's water, okay? But the fact is I don't like swimming in the ocean. I don't like salt water. I mean, it makes me feel, you know, all over. But, man, I could sit and watch that thing for the longest time. Why? Because it keeps telling me my God and what he's able to do is much bigger than whatever... I have. And that he's telling me what I'm looking at is much bigger than what I'd ever face in my life. So that's why I like going, I look at that and just see. It. Around here, I mean... My brothers and sisters, they talk about going to nature and seeing trees. I got nature around here, okay? I come to some of your houses, and I get a grand view of nature and beauty of nature, and Bambi's running across the road, and there's one of his friends, the skunk, following him, and, you know, just all over. Just, uh, there's nature all over, but there's something about the ocean, you know. It's big. I'm not criticizing here. I love where I live. I'm just saying that's why I don't really, I'll go to the Smokies, but hmm, tree, pine tree. Well, that's nice, you know. I see that all the time. Now, when I lived in Cincinnati, I loved the, I think, oh my gosh, look at this beautiful place. But I like going to the ocean because it's big. Now, that's enough. It's not in the sermon. Here we go. I asked her to bring me a a, uh, salt shaker. And knowing my daughter, she brings something decorative and, you know, <laughs> there is salt in here. See, there, there you go. There's salt, okay? And there's a reason why uh, I want you to see this talking about, talking about love and truth. You know, this is table salt. We, it is uh, sodium chloride, and chloride come together and makes table salt. Some of you use it too much. Some of us barely use it. Now, if I was preaching on pepper, I might be condemned. But it's salt. But salt, salt, table salt is a compound. It's a mixture of two elements, sodium and chloride. Both of these elements are poisonous by themselves. Sodium is an alkali metal and can be explosive if added to water. Chlorine is by itself a highly poisonous gas. If you ingest either sodium or chloride alone, you'll die. But if you put them together, when you put them together, you have something known as table salt. Look at that. I got french fries. Okay. Baked potato. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you are hungry right now. I see it in your eyes. (laughs) Table salt. If you put them together properly, they become sodium chloride, common table salt. So too, also, truth and love must be found together. One without the other can be dangerous. But combined, they can provide flavor and health to the body of Christ and to the world. Some would say that maybe this church in Tire was too strong in love and weak on doctrine. But I question that because if we understand love correctly, we would really say they love too much? I don't, I don't think so. I believe they, they bought into the lie that says that you can love someone without truth. But you can't. There are people having marital problems because they can't find some truth or a lack of truth. And they hear love a lot, but no truth. Or they hear truth, but then if there's no love, then it's, it's, it's it's harmful too. This church, if I hammered and browbeat everybody with the gospel, or it wouldn't be the gospel anymore, it would be the Bible. With a book, it would hurt. Some of you say, I think I'm going to go somewhere else where at least I won't get pounded so much. But if I speak the truth in love, if I show the love and affection towards you and tell you I love you and I, I try to do loving deeds and compassionate deeds toward you and then if I, sell, if I share the truth and love then the truth will be received. So here Tyra, it wasn't that they loved everybody so much. The, the fact was the only person they loved was themselves because they didn't want to step out of themselves. To tell somebody the truth. You know? It's like this. A house is on fire. It's your neighbor's house. You see it's on fire. Now, if we operate according to the world, and the world's concept of being non-offensive and understanding, we would go and peck on the door. Someone would answer and the house is on fire and they don't know it. And say, hey, I really don't want to upset you. And, and, and me knocking on your door upsets you. I'll just leave. And you know we'll we'll still be friends, we'll be neighbors, you know every fine oh i I can see the look on your face kind of start I'll tell you what I'll just let me just go back to my house and just you know I'm sorry, and hey, maybe maybe tomorrow I'll come bring you a cake, you know and and we'll still be neighbors, all that stuff no, I'll tell you what happened if you really love them you'll go to that door, you'll pound on that door, you'll scream to the top of your lungs while you're down, nine one one, and you're And and they open the door. You don't kiss them in the face and you don't do all uh, tolerant introductions. You say, Oh my God, the house is on fire. Get out of the house. Get out of the house. It's on fire. This is the gospel. This is the word that the world needs to hear. We got to quit. Petting people and love them enough to tell them the truth and say if you don't have Jesus you're lost in your sins. If you're living an alternative lifestyle you're lost in your sins. If you're living with someone and you're not married you're lost in your sins. If you live like the devil then you're you're the devil's cousin and you're going to his place that's prepared for him. We need to tell the truth so that love can be demonstrated. Wake up and say, I'm telling you the truth. I love you, but you're lost. Tell it to your kids. Tell it to your relatives. While tears are streaming down your face. Hot tears that have been brought about by your prayers. But you look at them and say, I love you. I'm praying for you. You're lost in your sins. I want you to make heaven your home. I'm going there. And I want you to go there too. Table salt. It's mixed together truth and love. But we're floating in a sea of tolerism, a sea that belief of new postmodernism of believing in relativism. And whatever you do, you have your right and I have my right. You have your truth, I have my truth. It's fine, we'll get along, everything's fine. No obsoletes. If you remove obsoletes, then we might as well preach out of something else. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. What God said, He meant it. He means it. Thyra, Tyra, play around with Jezebel. You're letting her go around and teach and share, and you're not doing anything about it, even in the church. False doctrines and ideas. Ideas that maybe seem to be so innocent, but yet they are deadly. You don't need to go to church all the time. Why do you need to go to church all the time? Why wouldn't you want to be in the house of the one you love? The one who redeemed you and saved you? I know there's reasons, so please don't throw up the reasons, okay? But there's also excuses. I'm going to say this because I love you. Do you know what an excuse is? an excuse it's a reason wrapped around a lie that's a reason that's an excuse I'm just saying do you love your master I'm not trying to fill a house and pound my chest and say look at the church I pastor no it's more complicated than that Because in this church we have babies who are born and people who die. And relatives who die, I do funerals of the righteous and funerals of hoping they were righteous. It's the way it goes. But if the house of the Lord, judgment begins in Thyatira, and you deal with the spirit of Jezebel, who wants to accept what is in the air, you, you see what Jezebel wanted, what the spirit Jezebel was, Jezebel was entire Tyre was. They had, remember I mentioned to you about the guilds? Well, in order to have and be a part of the guild, you had to be willing to go on and sacrifice to idols. Then you were a part of the guild. Some of you may take jobs and willing to compromise your faith in Christ. But they, and so Jezebel saying, it's okay, church, join the guilds. Be with the businesses. Go along with them. But there were the people. And Jesus saw it. Remember the one with the fiery eyes? Who could see your works and everywhere you go. He seen that there were people that wouldn't participate in that. And then he tells them. He said, I'm not going to put anything else weighty on you. Nothing more I'm going to put upon you who have not given in. I'm just going to tell you, hold fast with bold tenacity that which you have. Hold fast. You know that's what the attack of the enemy of the age has done now? Wanting Christians to give a little bit more. Not the whole, not the whole kit and caboodle, but just a little bit of this, little bit of that. You can blend it in, give it in, compromise going to do where even spirit-filled Christians are saying, you know, I don't need to go to church all the time. And we're spirit-filled. We're the tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled-on-fire children of God. Supposed to be if we call ourselves spirit-filled. I know, this makes you feel good, doesn't it? I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize. I love you. See, there you go. How many here believe God's got great things for you in your life? These are trying times and trying times, but the Lord has something great for you. going to use you. You are born for this time and this season to inspire and to lead others to Jesus Christ. The world is getting darker. Our politics has failed us because the deep embedded problem wasn't in politics. It was in sin. And the only way out of sin is through Jesus Christ. Only way out, or we may have a season to come back and shifting and stuff. But I'm telling you, there's stuff swept underneath the carpet. It's going to come up again. It ain't going away. That's why it shocked us when it come around. Oh, my gosh, where did that idea come from? Well, it's been around for 15 years. It's just now starting to rise to the surface and being accepted gets swept under again, and it comes out again. Do you know what I'm saying there? Jesus is coming back again. These are the last days. I never felt it more so in my life than this, that these are the last days, because quickly, suddenly, things have turned and changed. Atmosphere, attitudes, culture has changed. Further away from God, where Christians are becoming enemies, Of the culture. We're in the way. Because of what we believe. But you know what? Don't compromise. Hold fast that which you have. And that is the word of God. Your faith. Your believing in the Lord. Don't give in. Don't compromise. Let the love of God flow through you. But by all means. Speak the truth in love. Speak it, child of God. At the workplace. The marketplace. Among your family. Speak the truth. In love. Or else you'll walk away and you'll feel condemned and convicted. Because the Holy Spirit will grip you. Say, now, why did you go that way? I'm telling you, the Lord wants to revive, restore. Tyra with a church. Though a small town, lots of small businesses. But the pressure was on. And Jesus said, don't give in that pressure. And he said. If you don't give in. He said. Then you'll have the authority. That I have will be your authority. That's in essence. what he's saying my authority. If you read what talking about. The scripture talking about. Ruling with a rod and iron. And breaking the pots and pottery. He was referring to Psalm chapter 2. And I think it's interesting. That Thyatira was the center place for making pottery rule with you'll have authority to break all the pots break all the pots that are sitting around that are contrary to the will of God in your life these are the last days exciting times exciting times maybe we need to maybe not so much talk about perilous as it is exciting because we know the rest of the story We know how this thing ends. I can't tell you, I can't tell you how excited I am to finally get to chapter four and we're going to get there because I can't stop this unless I get to chapter four. It would be ridiculous if I don't go to chapter four, talk about all the faults and things that need to change, uh, talk about the good things, but yet there's somewhat against and then talk about the other churches that are going to come up. I'm going to be so glad when I'm going to get an invitation to come up. And to be in the place with the Lord in chapter 4. And we know what that's all about. It's the coming of the Lord. It's the rapture. It's the rapture. It's coming. It's coming. Oh, we're dealing with the problems of Ephesus, The problems of uh, Smyrna. The the problems of Thyatira and Sardis. No problem with Philadelphia. But then the problems of Laodicea what's going to happen when the trumpet sounds Philadelphia and lay the Sea and church going to be round there'll be those who'll be lukewarm and those who are going to be serving the lord and thank god i'm i'm going Have you ever seen the movie chosen? you ever seen that series? I challenge you to get that series online it's uh, that's in there like the third season now i've 've seen the second I bought it I bought it gave them offering. i i've shared the The DVDs, You know why? Because, listen, I've always been a proponent of I don't like Jesus movies. Because all they do is make me upset. They're always doing something incorrect, showing him a certain way, whatever. But this Jesus, it's not, and they're still not doing everything totally correct. But I'm telling you, he's a person, a character. I like to view my Savior being that way. That he loves and cares, but yet with authority. He's coming back after his bride. It, I'm, I'm telling you, look it up. Chosen, you gotta watch it. You gotta see about what the with the um, with um, Mary Magdalene. You gotta see about all the the uh, per, the paralytic that was healed. You gotta see how it affected people and Nicodemus and all this stuff. You just gotta see because I tell you, Jesus was a force to reckon with in this world, and he's still the force to reckon with in this world. Jesus is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. He's your Lord. He's your God. How many of you say, Pastor, by raising your hand, you say, Pastor, I'm going to talk to God about my loved ones. Talk to God. And and yes, yes, I'm going to let God tell me what I need to do. I'm going to listen to him. I want my heart to be sensitive. this, This is kind of a serious thing here. How many would signify and this is just for your testimony to raise your hand and say you know I'm going to pray about my family the lost ones my family devil you can't have them you can't have them Jesus name make yourself available for God to use you my friends oh just go and raise your hand again father father in the name of Jesus Christ, as I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the move of God, right now, embed this in our hearts. We'll start talking to our loved ones that are lost, that will speak the truth in love. That they'll see Jesus and know the answer through me. I claim them for your kingdom. I claim their salvation. In Jesus' name, I call back the backsliders stir up let the word stir up in their hearts once again and start beginning producing fruit in their life in the name of jesus christ word of god do the work holy spirit use your word in the name of jesus christ in the name of jesus christ we believe right now lord we believe right now lord Shh, my lord oh <laughs> Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. You know what I I, I gotta tell you, there's gonna be a whole lot of flavor going on. here goes love and truth. God bless you, Linda. We'll get it later, but whole lot of love and truth. I'm glad it is a small shaker. If it' been big wouldn't have been a bigger mess. But love and truth to bring out the goodness in people because mm. jesus loves them as much as he loves you just as he loves you yeah yeah hallelujah hallelujah this is what you're going to do speak the truth and love you're going to add flavor to their life you're going to allow them to really shine forth you're going to help them to find their truest potential in god